What's going on everyone, welcome back to Rogue Opinions, my name is Nathan. Uh, thank you very much for coming to part 2 of the Royal Rumble review with myself, Jimmy Baxter and Scott McLeod. I'm picking up with The Fiend v Daniel Bryan for the Universal title. Enjoy! Bye! Yowie wowie! No, I said The Fiend, Bray Wyatt took on and then there was more talking. Uh, Daniel Bryan, universal title match, strap match, goes about 18 minutes, according to Wikipedia here. Yeah, 17 and a half minutes. Um, this match was a whole, whole lot of fun. Uh, my my main takeaway, though, and I think I messaged you about this, Scott, where why does the vegan warrior want to have a leather strap match with somebody? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, this... Well, they never said it was leather. It clearly it was. So you see the... Fucking lashing marks on his back. Like, it might, things like, it might just been plastic. Jimmy messaged that about in the group chat. Like, why is he I was wondering with a red and like, fuck, so. It was one of the things I hadn't considered because this time last year he was carrying the leather strapped WWE title and complaining about the cruelty and he gave the title the cow a name that died to make this title. And so I'm wondering, like, does this cow have a name, the one that made the strap? Is this, like, Vince's cruel joke, the whole, this vegan lifestyle came back and the leather that he was protesting against came back to fuck with him. Some sort of cruel justice. Do you think that they turned the old WWE championship with that leather strap into the leather strap that they used here? Because I think that maybe Daniel Bryan could have been okay with that if they recycled it and they didn't have to murder another cow. It's like, Daisy says hello, motherfucker, as he's going wash <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> Fantastic. Just that motherfucker. <laughs> Planet champion my ass. Quapam. Papam. So yeah, like his back was properly like like was, like properly passion the Christ levels of being whipped in the back there. He did get beaten the fuck out of, didn't he? Yeah. Poor guy. I think basically what we've just said is if you have a match with Daniel Bryan, if you just cover yourself in leather, you're pretty much safe. He won't touch you. No, I would wear the uh, the let the Lady Gaga use that uh, that red meat uh, dress. Lady Gaga. Oh, Lady Gaga, yes, yes, Lady Gaga. Uh, she showed up to the Grammys in that like meat dress or whatever. I would wear that to wrestle Daniel Bryan. Thank you. Well, that, just, uh, I think that specific a... dress because it's been like ten years. I wouldn't maybe wear that dress. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I, think, I think, Brian, you wouldn't touch you. He's just on the safe distance away from you and yell at you about the cruelty of what went into making that outfit. You know what, though? I think I would wear it so he would kick me super hard so he could tenderize my, my steaks. And then I would take the dress off. Um, and I freeball in dresses, ladies and gentlemen. I just want you to all know that. So I would take it off in front of 40,000 people and throw it on a grill and then once it was like a bloody sort of like like just below medium, I would just just gnaw in to the fucking steak and just be like, mmm, mm, I can taste their suffering. And he'd be like, no, I'm a vegan. And he would tap and I would win the universal title. So that's pretty the good. Is pretty cool. Yeah. So I'd probably give this match like just uh, Jenny McCarthy. 
like I think first of all, I say about how much I love the the finishes, the the false finishes towards the end because. I actually started to believe, like, after the movie, the second run in need that Brian was actually going to win somehow. Because, like, some people would start to wonder if maybe there'd be a Brian Roman match at Mania somehow. Because that's how you get Roman cheered. And so I actually believed it for a while. And then, like, the first game where he just basically grabs him in the mouth and the man will call just lifts him in there and just slammed him down. Which I really liked. And I loved how they sold, like, the brutality of the match by having him, like, what be helped to the back and he was like stumbling over he could barely walk. Uh I'm trying to think what what rating should I give this? Yeah. I don't know. I think I had a it was a really great fucking meat pizza on Monday. And it helped because I was starving because I went to bed not long after the rumble and then I slept a lot during the day so I went almost 10 or so hours without food, which in my head is too long. Oh, it's way too long, yeah. Yeah. So, like, there were eight bits of pizza. I was going to have, I was meant to have four, like, then, and then I was going to save the other four for later. I took five and just grabbed this big pile of, to barely pull them out, I just grabbed almost half the pizza, pulled it onto a plate, and just, like, ate almost the whole thing. So, basically, I'm comparing how good it was and how much I really wanted it to be good, and it was. I'm just rambling on with these ratings. I, uh, for my rating, I, I, I did think of this at work, so I do have to mention that the end of this match was uh, Bray Wyatt sort of had the mandible claw in, and Bray Wyatt, uh, I'm sorry, Daniel Bryan was trying to fight out of it, but then Bray sort of like did a choke slam with the mandible claw, which I'm calling the uh, the slammable claw. <laughs> um, <sighs> I, 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 I appreciate I appreciate the laughs that I got out of that. That's that's about as good as it was gonna get. Uh, but then I'm giving this match the Popeye's chicken sandwich because it uh, was exactly what it should have been. Whoa, Daniel Bryan's not gonna like that. I don't give a shit. Well, I compared this match to a meat pizza, so he's not he's gonna hate that even more. Fucking you hell, Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy is fucking environmentally friendly and batshit crazy. Yeah, we look at Daniel Bryan. <laughs> he challenged a fiend to a strap match. We're calling him not crazy. He's the Jenny McCarthy of wrestling. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Becky Lynch. <laughs> Becky Lynch took on Asuka with Kyrie Sane uh, in their inner corner. This match goes about 16 and a half minutes. Singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. I guess WWE Raw Championship? Cause, yeah, because no, I was wondering this. It was still announced, they were still announced as women's. It's just NXT that's doing it. Yeah, because this is what I was wondering. Like, it's just NXT. Fair enough, fair enough NXT, for NXT. NXT UK is doing it as well. Yeah, I mean, fair enough for them. Spread. But like, how do you get around the Raw and the SmackDown ones? That was what I was wondering. Because like, just calling it the Raw Championship and the SmackDown Championship is. I guess I guess SmackDown would be okay because that's the Universal Championship. So SmackDown yeah. that would kind of make sense. I think it's just, but then on on Raw you've just got the WWE Championship. And then what the Raw Championship, but I guess that's an issue for another day. It doesn't really matter too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think this match uh, was like this was the match that Becky Lynch sort of needed after the, her last few matches. This match was really, really, really good. Uh, and of course, it ends with Oscar um, go uh, sees that the referee is uh, distracted. Uh, she goes to mist uh, Becky, but Becky sees it coming, kicks her right in the gut, and Oscar spits. 
the uh, mist up into the air, gets her face covered in all of the green liquid, and then taps out to the disarm her. Uh, like I said, after 16 and a half minutes, uh, I thought this was fantastic. I thought this was really good. Uh, and it was able to show Asuka in that NXT sort of light um, where she has not been in a long time. So I really appreciated that. So, Nathan, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, Becky Lynch, Asuka, what did you think about it? I really, I really enjoyed this. I didn't, I would say, I didn't really enjoy the first few minutes. I thought it was just going to be a typical kind of Becky Lynch match because I think exactly what you just said. Her matches have kind of, they tended to sometimes not really live up to expectation, which is something she has admitted herself. But then when Asuka kind of really got rolling in, in that, kind of nxt Asuka role which really said i thought it was really good but the suplex to the, the front suplex to the outside of the apron was brutal as anything i also appreciate that Kyrie sane didn't really get involved other than kind of making some incredibly kind of very expressive faces on the outside and continuously shouting like Asuka and things like that <laughs> I kind of really appre- appreciate as well this was the match that Becky Lynch really needed to wind her up into WrestleMania season because I think she'd had had some disappointing matches lately and Asuka kind of brought it out in her. I did bite a few times thinking Asuka was going to win uh, when she was kind of going for the Asuka lock at one point. I I was kind of at one point expecting it really to head into the last year's Rumble match when Asuka did that really brutal like butterfly submission. To get Becky Lynch to tap, I thought that was coming at some point. But I thought this was really, this was really, really, really good. And um, Becky Lynch needed this win to kind of wind her up as well, and needed needed it arguably more. Although I think Asuka could do a good job. I know people, a lot of the internet fans, are kind of pissed that Asuka didn't win. But I thought this was really, really good. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed this. No, I, I, I totally agree. I think that because she's still women's tag team champion, she could have done without the the, the title, but I honestly was going to be okay either way. Um, oh, Scott, my, my last point was I like the fact that Kyrie Sane didn't get involved. No, yeah, I, I, I definitely I, think that I, it I like made the, the match more that, legit. I like the fact that Asuka just got sent out on her own. And Asuka, uh, Kyrie Sane, sorry, has wrestled since t- TLC. I'll admit I don't watch Raw, so Kyrie Sane has wrestled since TLC. Yeah, yeah, once or twice. Yeah, so she she is back. Okay, uh, then that makes me appreciate it even more that Kyrie Sane didn't get involved. That she just left it to Asuka because uh, it was kind of the as, as it said in the promo package, the man collecting one last debt kind of thing after last year's loss. So I am even more happy that I know Kyrie Sen could have got involved and didn't. So that's a really good point for me. Absolutely. Um uh Scott, what did you think of the raw the raw championship match? I agree with the other point you guys have made in that Becky really needs this. I think there's some people that are really popular, but they tread water for most of like, the latter part of the year. Like, it seems to be around about Rumble, starting Mania season, that's when they really come alive again and they really pick, step up a bit. And I think that's what Becky's been doing. I mean, Sasha, I think, has been somebody else has been, like, said that about her. Like, she treaded water for ages in, like, 2018, and then 2019, she had that great match with, like, Ronda at the Rumble. So, like, it's kind of that comparison, but. I'm really glad that this match and the Fiend match were on this show because for me going in, 
as with most years, the Rumble is the most important thing because the unpredictability and possible surprises and all that. But I think for me, if these two matches hadn't been as good as they were, then this would have been kind of a disappointment other than the two Rumble matches. Because other than the Rumble matches, these were the two standout matches on the show. Like, the complication of it being set up aside, I really like that weird move that, that Becky hit off the uh, off the middle rope. I thought she was going for some sort of weird Spanish fly thing, which was rare from Laker. And oh yeah, that was weird when she just kept hopping up and down. Yeah, yeah. Well, I it's... thought she was going to go for something like a. I thought she was going to go for a DDT at one point because Asuka mm-hmm. was kind of sitting on the middle rope and the top rope, but facing inside the ring. And then Becky did that weird jump up, and I was like, "Oh shit, she's gonna DDT her!" And she just sat there, and I was like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so, got a bit uh, teased. The funny thing about the the finish is the mist getting spit in the air is like all of the the referee when he goes to take the submission doesn't realize that the mist has happened when it's this cloud of green smoke still clearing in the air, and Asuka's face and her arm <laughs> are just covered in this in this green stuff, which he's just there like. Nothing underwater here. That always happens with the mist when it's like uh, when Tajiri used to do it in uh, kind of the mid 2000s a lot. Where it's just like, oh, he'd hit the buzzsaw kick and then he'd get the win. And then I think when he was cruiserweight champion, he had Akio and um, I can't remember the other guy's name as like his backup. And it's like his opponents were always covered in like random colored mist. And it'd be like the referee would be like, oh, what happened? After he'd already <laughs> counted to three, and it's just been like, oh god, no one ever catches on. But uh, I hope this is the end of the 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 mist too. I don't like it as well. I kind of do. I I am kind of into it as a trope, and I kind of always, I know to Jerry used to do it, and it came from the Great Muta and things like that. I do think it's cool, but I think it's not when it's used every week. Like I know it was used as a story piece for this Becky and uh, Asuka story that Asuka would just kind of always get her with it. I kind of thought it was going to end up with Becky would do it to Asuka in this match and that's how Becky would win. Oh, like a ginger mist. Yeah, whatever it is. And then you could almost set up, like, you don't have to do it straight away at Elimination Chamber on Mania, but then you've got it down the line for, like, a third payoff match. Although, mm-hmm. I guess you don't, because Asuka won fairly last year, but you can ignore that, because people won't remember. Oh, God, I sound like Vince McMahon, don't I? <laughs> 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 like... Bro, oh, God, what have I, what, what's happened to me? <laughs> no one will remember that Asuka did no anything. No one will remember. <laughs> but, like, um, <laughs> you could have done that, but I thought that was how Becky was going to, because I think I picked Becky in her predictions, I thought that was how Becky was going to win, that she would have the green mist in her mouth, and she would win that way. But she just fucking won. What a badass. So I guess you do still have the third blow-off match because it's one all. Yeah, of course, yeah. So my whole point is completely irrelevant. They As both usual. Between me. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't even be on this fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought this was great, to be honest. I thought this match was awesome. What did you think, Jimmy? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I, I said, I, like I said when I introduced uh, the match, uh, I thought this match was uh, was fantastic. I think this was the match that Becky Lynch needed. Um, I think that, uh, like like you said though, after the first couple of minutes, um, 
it was uh, like it it had grown a little bit more and that uh that front suplex to the outside was just i stood up a little bit in my room i was just like whoa jesus fucking christ she landed really hard like really really rough like landing on the elbows and on the face um i think i think this is like more along the lines of what we should be seeing out of Becky. She needs to be in there more with people who can actually go. Uh, no disrespect to Lacey Evans. I just think that maybe in a year or two, uh, we'll be able to see Lacey do better in a, in a big match stipulation like that. Or uh, I'm looking forward to like Becky versus Bianca or Becky versus Shayna or Becky versus, you know, any of these people down in, in NXT at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, anything's possible, but I think this match was uh, exactly what it needed to be uh, for Becky and for Asuka, really. Uh, Asuka, I mean, I'm sorry, Becky did a thing on backstage where she said something about how she wanted to try and make people remember exactly who Asuka was, uh, like from the NXT days, as best she could during this uh, during this feud. And I think that she did that based on the little I've seen from Raw, uh, just based on the... Uh, the uh, uh, intro package and whatnot. So I think this match really worked for uh, everybody involved and uh, it's long. May it continue. Fantastic. I'm going to give this match overall. There was a time a while ago, and I think you can probably still buy them where Guinness did like Guinness crisps or what you would call chips, Jimmy. I'm aware what crisps are. That sounds horrible, by the way. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? But it sounds horrible. But they weren't. They were really nice. Because they weren't like Guinness flavoured. They were just branded. And they were just like salted crisps or chips for you, Jimmy. And and, uh, they were quite nice. And they were unexpected. And they didn't spit green mist in your eyes. So I'm going to give it Guinness that time they did crisps or chips for you, Jimmy. (laughs) That's the whole. That's the whole rating. Like it's just all written out. Oh, it's, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Give it that. That. That was it. It was yeah. Irish, and it was unexpectedly nice. I'm gonna give this match uh, Mountain Dew Game Fuel. Uh, better than what I was expecting. Fuck! Is that the red one? The, the rad one, yeah. Not the blue one. The blue one is garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The blue one's horrible. Um, and they did that for World of Warcraft, which, uh, remember to at, you know, Carlos underscore Fire 89. <laughs> WoW is garbage. <laughs> Anybody who plays WoW is a garbage person. He's like 50 years old. He's not going to know what World of Warcraft is. It's all right. It'd make it even funnier when he's just like, they're like, WoW is the best thing ever. And I don't recall worrying. Wrestling being, like, that entertaining. Why is everyone saying wow at me like I'm cool? Just wow! It's on the the post. We're like, Nathan, why why are these people messaging me? (laughs) Because he's now Irish. (laughs) How is that Irish? (laughs) He's from Liverpool. I love how Scott didn't do anything to his voice, and Nathan, Nathan, you just go, so he's Irish now. I think it broke off a little bit because it sounded really Irish. Because he was, because Scott wasn't like going like, oh well, he's fucking this and that, and it, he was just like, no, man, like, why are they doing this to me? <laughs> I'll try to do my best, girl. That's probably the best I can do. 
That's fair rating for this match. <laughs> I would, uh, I would probably go something e- e- either while you're still drunk or when you're recovering from a hangover from the night before. Something really greasy that you eat to help cure your hangover, as in that's something you really needed and you got it at the really at the right time. Oh, nice. So if you just like someone like well not someone it might have been you but you just didn't eat all of that pizza and it's just still there's a couple of slices left in the morning you're like yeah this is perfect no shout out to cold pizza oh yeah cold pizza (laughs) shout out to cold pizza this is true anyone that says cold pizza isn't great honestly stop listening three hours into this i'm sure most people have i mean Especially, especially when it's just when you got a regular like cheese pizza, that oh, the arguably is the best. The better than when it's like, honestly, I'll pizza. stand by it, chuck it in the microwave for like twenty seconds. Nah, no, I'll eat it at fucking cold room temperature. You give me pizza, full stop. It's in my face. Well, now, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It is time for your main event of the evening. It is the men's. Royal Rumble match for the year 2020, where everything in 10 years, everyone will say, oh, well, you know, hindsight is 2020. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, obviously, um, <laughs> thank you. Thank thank you for laughing at that. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so, obviously, <laughs> I know, I know. I know. Um, so, obviously, Brock Lesnar I just uh, drew... <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. It was like, oh, it's Royal Rumble, perfect vision. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by Specsavers. <laughs> Sponsored by Lenscrafters. Royal <laughs> <laughs> Rumble. Um, so as we, <laughs> as we know, Brock Lesnar uh, declared himself at number one, um, and then number two, was Elias, who sang a song about being uh, uh, the sacrificial... Guys, we didn't talk about the Street Profits beatboxing down uh, before this match. So Elias was number two. Yeah, Elias was number two. Uh, Eric Rowan came out with his weird, stupid cage thing. Robert Roode. Oh, what, what do we think is in the cage? Because we don't do weekly podcasts like everyone else. So do, do we have any opinions on what's in the cage? Because I genuinely am starting to think it's a gremlin. I think it's a mogwai. I think it's a rat that uh, is genuinely mo- uh, uh, genetically modified to have a dick on its back, and it's just angry. <laughs> Why on its back? That, that's usually like remember when the mouse had the ear on its back when they were genetically modifying. Well, so you think instead of an ear, it's a dick? Like in that one episode <laughs> of uh, of uh, of South Park where Mr. Garrison's dick was running around, they were like, "Ooh, it's a penis." And you think they sewed it onto a rat? No, it grew because uh, I don't believe Eric Rowan actually has a penis. Oh, all right, unpack that for me. Why? He's Why don't you so, think he has a penis? He's just so angry, and I think he's just sort of like a self-repentant eunuch. Like, he joined a cult, had his dick chopped off, and then he was so just he, like... What, and you think his chopped-off dick got sewn onto this rat? No. They, think, is it a different dick? He Yeah, it's a different dick because he lost his old dick. And then this new dick, they had to grow onto the back of a rat, but then the rat became ravenous and angry because it has so much testosterone in it. Does the rat, is the rat a female rat or a male rat? So does it have two dicks or 
is it a double gendered rat? I think that the that the rat is gender fluid. Oh, uh, so you think, is that how the rat identifies, or is that just how the rat is? I think that the rat identifies as yeah. uh, which bathroom does the rat use? Both and neither. Both and fuck me, this rat's it, complicated. No wonder it bites. Once the rat it. washes its hands, I don't give a shit. I think it's weird, somehow weirder than the my theory of what's in the box in that I think they shrunk down Luke Harper and just told us he got released. <laughs> it's a tiny Luke Harper <laughs> in the cage. It's like the Indian in the cupboard. Like, it's just like, <laughs> hey, hey, let me out of here. <laughs>
and they combined some bullshit. Well, not not bullshit, but some stuff. And she was like, "That smells like my vagina," and that's how the candle happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she says it happened. It was just she smelt something at a smelling session for some other shit she was going to sell for a hundred dollars on her incredible website that you should all visit. Which leads me to believe that she's just in her house every once in a while, sort of doubled over herself, going like, mm, "Yeah, lavender." Okay. It leads me to believe that I, I don't think what if Paltrow gets laid a lot. It leads me to believe that I, I think Gwyneth Paltrow is even more full of shit because there is no... I have gone down... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, when you spend as much time diving into the recesses of a woman's vagina as, as me and a lot of people I know have, even the best ones still Jim, smell like pussy. Like Jimmy, it's wildly over estimating how many vaginas he spends time in. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Bear no, in mind, he, oh, yeah, yeah. he only should be spending time in one. <laughs> to, to, to quote, to quote Roger from American Dad, when you get sniz on the reg, as I do, you know, you know that there is no way. If you lit, first of all, Elton John having a pussy-scented candle I don't think he would be the market for that particular scent. First off, hilarious. That is, that is, that is hilarious. Because A, this candle says in literal black and white on the front of it, this smells like my vagina. That is the words on the front of this candle. That's hilarious. I think his husband never comes home and he's just like, who the fuck has been in this house today, Elton? Reggie! Reggie! No, what's even better is he walks in that room and says, oh, Gwyneth's been here. Oh, it's <laughs> that's better. That's better. And I just think it's it's just incredible. A, the sheer disappointment I found out live on the Naked Men podcast from last week, which you can go back through the archives and listen to, that they don't ship those candles to the UK. And also, they're sold out. Which and is they're hilarious. $75. It's hilarious that they're sold out. That is hilarious. That means it's 70 Elton John bought them all. I Guys. fucking hope so. Guys. Sorry, Scott. What? I, have one, I have one question. What the fuck are you on about? Okay. So, Gwyneth Immediately. Paltrow... No, 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 I heard that. Like, what the... F- we were talking about the Royal Rumble a minute ago. Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't know how we got on this, to be honest with you. Do you know what Goop is? I, yeah. It Goop. comes out of Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. I'm sorry. Goop is Gwyneth Paltrow's, it's not a business, guys. Don't give a shit Gwyneth Paltrow. It's not a company, it's a lifestyle brand. And she sells a candle that allegedly smells like her vagina. And she sells that for $75. But it's sold out. Because Elton John bought them all. This is the this is the highlight of the podcast for me. Like every any podcast we've ever done together, this is the highlight where we spend fifteen minutes just talking about the about goop, goop, which I will probably also talk about at time of recording, twenty four hours time when I'm recording with Ben. <laughs> I love goop. Anyway, uh, sacrificial lamb got sung. Oh yeah, we're only on number two. Elias came out. He spent ages singing. Oh no, Eric Rowan. That's how we got on this. Okay, so okay, Ro- Eric Rowan came out. 
Robert Roode comes out next. He gets F5 thrown out. Uh, John Morrison comes out. He gets wasted. Kofi Kingston comes out. Okay. Okay. So the crowd, the crowd pops. People are really interested, and it's a really, really good interaction. I, this was the one, one of the few shining moments where I was like, oh, maybe this isn't going to just be the Brock show. Man, was I fucking wrong. Because then Rey Mysterio comes out, and then Big E. I'm going to stop there for a moment. Because... Kids, I really, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I'm going to excite... I can tell that you didn't, Jimmy. I think that's probably fair to say. No, yeah, I didn't enjoy it. The first half I was really... Fun. Scott, what did you think? Because I really enjoyed this. I thought this was really good. Yeah, I knew it was probably going to be something similar to this. That going in, that he was going to eliminate quite a few people to start, but I didn't think he'd eliminate as many as he went on to do. I thought up until the point where Jimmy stopped, I was into it. Like, throwing out, like, Elias. He, he went, when he ran out of the ring to go and attack Elias, he nearly fell on his face, by the way. Yeah. And then... Oh, he, goes, he nearly ate Elias, um... Elias didn't. He's he doesn't. I don't know if he's been wrestling on house shows. I presume he has, but he, I've not seen him wrestle a lot since he came back from his uh, injury. And he just kind of looked like he did when he got in the ring. Like he didn't really know where to. I presume Brock did know what to do because he's obviously an amateur wrestler and UFC star. But it kind of looked like Elias just didn't know what to do in the ring. I thought. Like, I was I was sad that we didn't get any interaction between John Morrison and Kofi because Morrison was doing the whole escape, spectacularly avoiding elimination before it's Kofi not did it. Two thousand and nine, Scott. Shut up, Nathan. So like, <laughs> so like we thought. I also thought there was going to be some sort of interaction. Like, there's a new day, new day's latest episode of the podcast that they clearly pre-recorded before the rumble. They even talk about the possibility of having Morrison doing something, and then we know listening back they fucking didn't. And then the th- highlight of like New Day and Ray trying to beat up Brock was the moment where Big E was bent over so people could leap over and attack Brock, where Brock just ran to the corner, leaped over Big E, and just clotheslined so cool. Kofi Kingston. That you was see, cool. That was up cool. until that point, I was enjoying that, and then everything that happened after with Brock slowly but surely got me more and more pissed off. I think I I kind of enjoyed it because I don't mind someone just dominating a rumble like that because like the two, 2002 rumble that I think we talked about in the recording or it might have been before we started recording earlier where Steve Austin just dominated it and then we got a 2001 rumble where Kane just dominated it and things like that I don't really mind that and I feel like we haven't had that for a while probably since CM Punk's like um uh what do they call it Messiah on the Mount or something like that thing from a while ago where he had Luke Gallows and Arena. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and things like the Straight Edge Society and everything like that where he'd cut promos in between people coming in. And like so I don't really mind this and I don't really mind I don't get as upset by people getting fed to people in a rumble as people seem to. Like everyone's been like, oh John Morrison, his return's been a total waste because he got friended by Brock Lesnar. It's like it's Brock Lesnar. Like, no, what the hell ma- makes people think that Brock Lesnar shouldn't be throwing out John Morrison? Even if John Morrison was in his WWE Prime in 20, not, uh, 2009, sorry, or 2010, maybe, and maybe 2011 as well for the bit where he was in that. I think it was a WWE title match with Cena and Miz in 2010. And, like, I still would believe that Brock Lesnar should be throwing him out of a ring immediately. 
Well, I, I, I just think that they what they did with this first half of the Rumble is that they wasted a lot of really interesting reactions. Uh, I'm sorry, interactions to just have Brock throw people the fuck out. Like, instead of having John Morrison do some shit and, like, get some offense or whatever, um, like, they just they just sort of wasted these things. I get – I'm not disagreeing that – like, I don't know. I'm not saying Morrison should have thrown Brock Lesnar out of the, the Rumble. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, it's sort of a waste to have a couple of these guys that are in there just get destroyed by Brock Lesnar. Like, I think I think to sorry to cut you off, but I think, no, no, like, go ahead, go ahead. I think like if you do that, if you like, because arguably what people would want, they'd want Cesaro to get a ton of offense in on Brock before getting before getting thrown out the ring. I think that's fair. That's probably number one out of everyone's wishes. They'd want Kofi to get a ton of offense in on Brock Lesnar before he gets chucked out. They'd want Rey Mysterio to get a ton of offense in on Brock Lesnar. They'd um, want. John Morrison to get a ton of offense in on Brock Lesnar. And then they'd want like Keith Lee to come out and also get a ton of offense in on Brock Lesnar. And I think the offense that say a Keith Lee and a Braun Strowman would get on Brock Lesnar would be lessened if those other three or four people have also had a ton of offense in on Brock Lesnar. So you're lessening the impact on the people you actually want to get over. Because let's be realistic. I am very happy John Morrison's back. They aren't going to invest a ton in John Morrison for the next three years. But they are going to invest a ton in Keith Lee for the next five years. Mm-hmm. So who do we want to get more over? Do we want John Morrison to get the Moonlight Drive, the Starship Pain, every bit of offense in on Brock Lesnar in this rumble, and then have Keith Lee come in and also get a ton of offense in on Brock Lesnar is it lessened by the fact that Cesaro, John Morrison, uh, whoever else has come in, Rey Mysterio, uh, Robert Roode, have also got a ton of offense in on Brock Lesnar? We kind of got to save the offense we're getting on Brock Lesnar because he's the very tip top of the wrestling mountain in WWE sense. So who do we want to get over? And the arg- and in this rumble, it was Keith Lee and it was Drew McIntyre. And it was kind of Edge, Edge who's in this Rumble. Like, he's already over. We don't need to get him over. It was Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre. That's who they wanted to get over. So those are the people who should be getting offense in on Brock, arguably. Have I made sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I agree. I, would, I, I agree with you to a certain extent, but it just made some of these guys look like stupider than they should be. Like, I just, I don't, I don't agree with the fact like that he was standing alone in the ring for like, I think 30 seconds at a time at one point. I think the simplicity of a Royal Rumble elimination sometimes is overlooked. A Royal Rumble elimination is just, you got thrown out of a ring that happens umpteen times during a normal match like not hundreds of times so tens of times during an episode of smackdown an episode of raw and an episode of nxt because everyone's got to get their dives in and when it comes to a royal rumble people are oh uh, cesaro got thrown out too easily cesaro's gonna get thrown out the ring like four or five times during his next match so that everyone can do their dives to the outside so is it that 
big of an incident that he got thrown out by Brock Lesnar. Well, okay, so my biggest gripe with the first half is the next three entrants. Cesaro, Shelton Benjamin, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Cesaro got laughed, laughed at by Brock Lesnar after two really incredible, like, really incredible European uppercuts. And I get it. Cesaro's making enough money. Cesaro is like he gets he gets along with a lot of the wrestlers and he's in a lot of really interesting matches with a lot of people in the mid card. But Cesaro versus Brock Lesnar has been something that some people, a lot of people that I know, have been like sort of clamoring for. So for 30 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute, minute and a half, whatever it is, you let them go at each other and then Brock can clothesline him over or whatever, not laugh the dude out of the fucking arena. Shelton Benjamin, they could have had a really classic, like, collegiate wrestling thing until, like, Shelton Benjamin, like, seems to be a little bit better than him, and then Brock just gets up and fucking, like, throws him over the top rope. Like, and then Shinsuke Nakamura, they had an incredible match in New Japan. An incredible match. And then... Nakamura got lo- uh, made, was made to look like a fucking moron. That was my problem with it, is that with Brock in there, they just happened to make a lot of people look stupider than they needed to look. Yeah, like, I, I agree with you. This is where it really turned for me, because the only one I'm not so annoyed with, because I like the idea that he came in all friendly, shook hands with Hall and with Brock, and it seemed like he was getting up, and then just like, nope. Because like, it's been clear that Brock doesn't really like anybody. Uh, the other two, I agree with you, in that these are two people who, we will talk about dream matches, people who could possibly come in and beat Brock during his like, really, really long like universe on that title reigns. Like, these are guys that people bring up as guys to beat Brock. And then it, just, it felt like Vince's way of kind of going like, nah, these are guys who ne- would never beat Brock. And like, we haven't even talked about these some of those Michael Cole lines that seem like it should. It probably should have just had Vince Pace and right up Cole's ass and use him like a puppet. Because I like Michael Cole. I still have fond memories of his old SmackDown era. He, he doesn't deserve all the shit he gets. Uh, that he usually gets from people online. But during this rumble, whenever we're talking about Brock and how well Brock was doing, was all the way here and complete about her little Brock works like. Mate, Vince is so uh, in your fucking ear right now. It's ridiculous. Did you happen? That was did a you... lot of. Um, that was from my memory. That was Corey Graves. No, that was a Michael, Michael Cole. Cole. No, it was a Michael Cole one. It was, it was. It, I specifically remember because I, I was, I texted Scott oh, about okay. how, about yes. how, uh, I don't, I didn't write it down specifically. Did you happen to write it down specifically, Scott? Yeah, I don't know. I think I can go back and, and look. But I remember we talked about it. it like I remember it was, hearing about it. I just growing like, oh, for fuck off. It was definitely, was it definitely Michael Cole? Because from memory, I remember. Cole. I, I do remember one of. Was it okay? I'm misremembering because I thought it was Corey Graves. My, said i don't want to hear anybody ever say that brock lesnar doesn't show up that he doesn't defend the title that he doesn't go in long matches you see and it's like like bro first of all he doesn't fucking show up second of all he's not defending the title in this royal rumble and third of all the only reason he's able to go this long is because he got fucking 30 seconds of rest in between all of the bullshit that they let him get away with you see this is um this is why i love this i think this is brilliant uh, i think that's probably why i'm defending it um i'm not defending it. i'm just i'm enjoying it but like i think this is why this is great because they are doing this thing they're doing the squash thing 
where people were coming out there squashing him and he got eliminated because of the low blow and the claymore kick from Ricochet and Drew McIntyre. And then, uh, can we skip to Drew? Is there oh, anything? Sorry, of his... no. sorry, go on. Okay. I've got the, the thing like, oh, right here in front of me. Like you mentioned the goal line and like you said, we got on your skin. I went, yeah, I said like it was a Vince line I've ever heard one. Oh, okay. I thought it was Corey for some reason. I do remember the line, but I thought Corey Graves said it, but that's me misremembering. Uh, yeah, we, are we up people to forget about this Rumble. Some people forget about this Rumble. MVP fucking showed up, dressed done up like a Black Panther. Oh, yeah. And I forgot how much I missed MVP. His match on Raw was that, like having him come out on Raw and wrestle Rey Mysterio. The, mess, the match was actually pretty good. Mm. Okay. Poor guy. What a legend. Okay, and, so... Uh, MVP came out, and uh, that was going to be soon to be forgotten in about 10 people um, because <laughs> because Keith Lee then came out, and oh, then it was Sean Strowman. Can we cut off Keith Lee? Jesus Christ. If Bro- This is why I love Brock Lesnar, because when Brock Lesnar is told to get someone over, he ensures he gets someone over, because obviously he's all about the money to his own admission on the Steve Austin podcast from years ago, uh, from the first season. But his reactions to Keith Lee are incredible. When they, he was coming out and he was just like, and they would they cut to him, there's a gif of it going around of all his reactions, where he's like, oh, fucking hell, big boy. And then when Keith Lee gets in a uh, ring and he looks at Paul Heyman, he's like, who's this big motherfucker? <laughs> and, um, and it still cuts to him on the network. It still cuts to him um, as of a few hours ago because I rewatched some highlights from the Rumble before we did this podcast. And it's still on there of him going, who's this big motherfucker? And um, the standoff they had was brilliant. He got Keith Lee, Brock Lesnar got Keith Lee over by letting him have an absolute boatload of offense. Keith Lee didn't get eliminated because of Brock Lesnar. Keith Lee got eliminated because of who came out next, and he got distracted by him. I thought this was brilliant. Again, just like Survivor Series, Keith Lee got absolutely over. And I love Keith Lee. I think Keith Lee is absolutely fantastic, and he'll be a world champion sooner rather than later. He's a North American champion right now, obviously, after being Roderick Strong. Uh, last week on NXT? Yeah, last week on NXT. Yeah, last week. And he's the North American champion right now. Toe-to-toe with Brock Lesnar. Toe-to-toe with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins at Survivor Series. What a fucking year Uh, for Keith Lee, chronologically. Not calendar-wise. It's brilliant. Yeah, I was so happy that he won the North American title. Partly because I love Keith Lee and I also fucking hate Roderick Strong. With no no interference as well. Just beat mm-hmm. the undisputed era fair and square. And uh, yeah. this was a brilliant interaction and then Braun Strowman came out and had to ruin it for Keith Lee. I know. Like, they were teaming up and then one minute they suddenly can't get along. Like, so if anything, they brought their elimination on themselves. Yeah, they did. And that's what I like about it is that a, a they they wanted this to be the Drew McIntyre show, but they also wanted to get Keith Lee over. So I think to bring someone out who can distract Keith Lee and then Brock to eliminate them both at the same time because they're fighting amongst themselves rather than focusing on him. That's a, a boatload better than Brock Lesnar just eliminating Keith Lee. Because it's like, oh, Keith can go toe to toe with Brock Lesnar if Broad Stromer didn't come out and ruin him. 
like if it was just Keith and Brock, you're kind of like, oh, Keith actually had a fucking good chance against Brock. And uh, and also you leave Brock Lesnar in there for Drew McIntyre to eliminate. So I thought it, this point got Keith over and got uh, Brock Lesnar to where he needs to get next, which was to get eliminated by the ultimate winner and the guy who's going to face him at WrestleMania. So job done. Uh, I just I just don't think that they needed to sacrifice so many interesting interactions to get one guy over. Because essentially that's what they did. Keith Lee is fucking over. You don't need to continue to get Keith Lee over. You don't need to continue to try and get uh, some of these other people over. I disagree, just- I disagree with the Keith Lee point. I do think you need to get Keith Lee over still because Keith Lee is still going to be on the least watched show. He's still going to be on NXT. He's still going to be on the show that's watched by hundreds and thousands live, like between anywhere between what? 800, 900,000 on a good week. Uh, Whereas you're putting him on a stage where you've got every single WWE network subscriber, every single pay-per-view subscriber as well. If you're over here in the UK where BT Sport were pushing, this is a 1995 pay-per-view instead. And uh, you do need to get him over on this big stage because he's spending most of his time on Wednesdays on the smallest stage WWE has, which is NXT. So I I mean, I think listen, it's, I think it's I'm good. not saying that you're wrong at all. Also, I'm just it saying up, it builds up the future matchup. You've still got right now in their back pocket. They've still got Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar. They've not given. They gave you Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar as a little tease. And then they brought out Braun Strowman and ruined it for Keith because Keith didn't get eliminated by Brock Lesnar. He got eliminated because Braun Strowman and Keith Lee distracted themselves fighting each other. And then Brock Lesnar was just like, fuck, I can eliminate them both at the same time here because they're fighting each other. You've still got that matchup. I'm just saying that, like, the feeling that I had by the time this rolled around was that I was so fucking over, like, what they were doing at the beginning that it just it didn't seem worth it to me. But then you got Ricochet coming out um, and he tries to launch some offense onto Brock. Brock catches him throws him for a suplex and then um, he then uh, he then throws him again for a suplex into the corner. Drew McIntyre comes out. Um, and at this point, um, Ricochet ends up, uh, well, while Drew is coming out um, and Drew is just sort of going like, what do you got for me, Brock? And all this other shit. And Brock's taking off the gloves, which I think is a really cool visual. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really interesting to see. And then, all of a sudden, paying off what happened on Raw, what was it, a week ago, two weeks ago, where uh, Brock came in and kicked uh, Ricochet uh, in the balls. Ricochet comes up out of nowhere and just hoofs, straight up hoofs Brock Lesnar in the sack and Claymore kick and over the top rope Brock Lesnar goes after I think it was 26 and a half minutes Brock Lesnar is eliminated after eliminating 13 people. And I'm confused, uh, Scott, if you could help me out. At this point during the Rumble, um, who was the winner so far? Scotland. The entire fucking country of Scotland <laughs> was the fucking winner in the Royal Rumble. I was in my friend's living room with 
my friends, and I started a chant of Scotland, which people joined in with, by the way. Which because... is it's fucking funny because all you did right as this happened was you just sent me a line of the Scottish flag. <laughs> That's all you did. I remember that. I don't think I, I, don't think I needed to just say anything else, really. The best bit for me was that I didn't watch... I watched live only the Women's Royal Rumble, as I've already said. And then I woke up the next day and I just saw, like, tens of notifications from these two <laughs> of just joy. I think most of it was just, like, a lot of Scottish references. <laughs> and um, I can't... Because I'd not seen any of it, but I'd kind of guessed from the notifications, because I forgot to turn them off, that drew must have won because <laughs> it was just a lot of scottish flags and a lot, and a lot of shit like i was that. sending scottish flags yeah I, I saw it and i was just like okay i guess drew won. i didn't check the rest until i'd watched the actual show later that late on the monday when i watched the rest of the show and i was just oh, okay yeah that confirms it i'd like to i'd like to make it clear to the listeners at this point that like from from the time Ricochet and Drew McIntyre came out, my opinion of this Rumble, like, completely flips. Like, I think it's, the second half of this Rumble is perfect. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, I still as, um, First off, before, before we forget Brock Lesnar, I'd like to point out the fucking way that he sold this elimination was class. Mm-hmm. He oh, made Drew great. McIntyre's Claymore kick look like devastating move i don't think there's anyone in the quote-unquote wwe universe that doesn't think the claymore kick is on par with an rko right now because brock lesnar laid there for literal minutes he did not get up and even when he got up he looked like a boxer that had been knocked up knocked out knocked up <laughs> knocked out by an absolute if he if he was knocked yeah. up then Jesus that Christ. that yeah. all that says to me is that fucking all that says to me is up. that drew is more virile than i ever expected he got up and he was juno but <laughs> <laughs> no and he just he he sold it Really, he laid that literal minutes. Literal. He did not move. Drew stared at him until AJ Styles' music hit, and then obviously it's AJ Styles. You gotta get a wee bit serious. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, Brock still didn't get up, even when AJ Styles' music hit. He was still laid there, and Paul Heyman as well. Obviously, you got Paul Heyman there, selling it like a master. Uh, I just think it's a masterclass in getting someone over. Like, any wrestling company, any wrestler, note down how they got Drew McIntyre to instantly look from... Everyone knew he could be a monster, and as soon as he eliminated Brock, they knew he was a monster. Like, for the next couple of entrants, I wasn't really fully paying attention to the Rumble until one very notable surprise happened. Like, Uh, until those... Well, that's weird. Just, I wasn't really paying attention because I was just thinking, like, even if Root Drew didn't win, I'm like, well, that means it's it's Drew v. Brock at me. And I'm just thinking, like, fucking hell, a Scottish person's going to win the WWE Championship. Like, well, my, mind a- was just, my mind was a- just racing a million miles away. Yeah. Well, AJ came in, and let, let's get to the next bit because we're only a couple. There wasn't, after AJ, there wasn't much. Yeah, in- well, yeah, so, so before, just as, just as Miz 
Just as Miz starts coming out, um, Ricochet ends oh, up getting... Oh, not AJ, sorry. No, yeah, yeah. So, I said that wrong. So Drew ends up eliminating Ricochet. The Miz comes out. Uh, he ends up getting eliminated. Who the fuck cares? It's the Miz. Um, then AJ Styles comes out. Um, then Dolph Ziggler. Then Carl Anderson. Ooh. That's where I'm going to stop for now. That is I um, I like Carl. Uh, I apologize for saying AJ came out next. I was incorrect. It was the Miz. And uh, you know what? I'm really disappointed in myself. I spent fucking months of pay-per-views moaning about not seeing the Miz. And I'm just acting like he's not a big deal. I got to see <laughs> the Miz again. It was great. He had his glasses. He had his fucking robe. Um, can we just get to it? Let's just get to it. Yeah. Okay. It's been nine years, Jimmy. All right. So, so, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, at number 21. Let us talk about him. Lord and Savior. On this day, I see clearly 42,000 people immediately lost their shit before the drums even hit. They all came. All of them came. Yeah. 42,000 people, men, women, children who'd never even felt that, that sensation before it's live. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, I have to edit it out. I think that's a funny joke. Who the fuck cares? The internet cares, Jimmy. The internet cared about Santino Morella, and we discussed about an hour ago how, how much we didn't give a shit about because that. Because she's of age. <laughs> she. 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 <laughs> she self-identifies as a woman. He's really fucking ruined this. Okay, so, so Edge is back, ladies and gentlemen. And the he, Edge, the drummer from U2, is back. And uh, to jump ahead a little bit, when Randy Orton gets in the ring, they have the most wholesome interaction. Why would you skip over it? Well, hold on, hold no, on. No, 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 you've ruined it. With your talking about Joe Scott, Edge is back. Well, no, I, I agree with what Nathan said. Like, the interaction that Edge is, Edge is great in this, but he's very different comes later when he has that interaction with with Randy, which I, someone, I, I've seen someone else do it first, so I'm not taking credit for it, but I summed up when I sent Jimmy the gift to Paul Rudd the, hey, look at us. Look at us. <laughs> look at us. <laughs> my favourite thing is um, me, and, me and one of my friends used to have a joke that um, that they ended up getting rid of Pyro because they they'd realised that they'd massively overspent on Batista and Edge, <laughs> and they hadn't realised for years. And it would just be like, oh, we don't have Pyro anymore because of fucking Edge and Batista. And then no one really, even Brock Lesnar during his show, didn't really get Pyro. And then Edge comes back and gets all the Pyro. As he fucking should. <laughs> he got every single firework that... Well, Kevin Dunn wasn't there. Uh, really? So, as an intern could give him. The best thing about Edge is... Edge coming out is... You, the clear emotion on his face, like... He looked like he was gonna... He was gonna start crying. As most of us probably were going to as well when we seen him come out. Because I'd heard the rumours. I, I didn't believe them for a second given the severity of the injury and everything, even though likes of Brian O'Brien have come back. But I was actually looking at the television when the countdown finished. I just looked to talk to somebody, and then I heard the, you think you know me, and I was like, no. Oh, it was mental. It like, was... 
I didn't believe until the camera finally cut to the entrance trap and you seen him coming out. And then who else would ruin it? So I see a human being more in my life than anyone else on the fucking planet. And the one time that I would quite like to see Dolph Ziggler is when he's taking Edge's first return spear. And some who said Kevin Kevin Dunn wasn't there. Wasn't there, apparently. All right, so some other cunt <laughs> decides what we need to look at some fat pricks in the crowd instead of watching Dolph fucking Ziggler get speared by the drummer from U2. Well, the thing, he's the guitarist, first of all. And second of all, they're going to need those shots. I for will the not w- be corrected. For the W, well, you have been a bunch of times on this podcast, so shush. Um, so they're going to need those shots for the WWE 24 special that's inevitably going to come out in a couple of months. 100%, but I'm just, how do you, you know, you how do you fuck up AJ Styles' debut by cutting away to Jason Momoa's stunt double. So I would I would like and to... And then I, fuck up Edge's return. Who so is I, this intern they keep putting on when Kevin Dunn can't be bothered? It's, it, was, it was his teeth. His teeth he showed up. late at the fucking dentist. So <laughs> I would like to book, read... Stop booking your dentist appointments in January. I would like to read cunt. from the the group chat real quick. From when, from when Edge actually came out, okay? So, oh, I wait, say... Can I, can I play you? Sure. It, can you get back to where we, where I'm talking about? Yeah, I can scroll. Sunday at 10.44 p.m. Uh, We're doing this on air. What time was that for? Oh, I've just got to the GIF. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh... Five is three a three forty four in the morning, or two forty four in the morning. All right, I need to get to two forty four in the morning. I've got, I'm at some Scottish flags. <laughs> okay, you've gone so too far. yeah, you've gone too far. Uh, for sure, so fucking transparent is what you're looking for. We're gonna cut all this out anyway, I'm sure. So after that, <laughs> we should think of a tiebreaker for the tiebreaker. <laughs> I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't read all this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to find it, so you just play it. Okay, so, uh, great, great radio. Um, so, um, as uh, as Drew had kicked out uh, Brock, uh, I say, um, I, I said something about the, the coal line, and uh, Scott agreed, and I say, so uh, for sure, so fucking transparent. It's obvious that it's going to be Drew versus Brock at Mania. Scott responds with, I'm all for that first British WWE champion. I say, that would be so fucking cool. I'd be about it. But that match would have to be booked well. Literally fucking three minutes later, as Edge is making his his entrance, I just get two words from Scott. Holy shit. I was a minute behind because I stopped to go to the store to get uh, drinks. Um, I respond... Oh, yeah, I, I respond... Okay, so then you play me. Uh, so am I after the only shit? So I'm saying even Cole called out. Is that where I am? <laughs> yeah, even Cole, yeah, yeah. <coughs> uh, so I need to be American. Hang on. Oh, for fuck's sake. Can you do an American accent? No, I can't. 
<laughs> I'll just read it. Uh, nah, he did it. For mother- <laughs> Motherfucker. Okay. So, after Scott says those incredibly historic words, I respond to something that we were talking about just before that, and I say, even Cole called out how shit it was for AJ to attack Ziggler on trying to get Drew out. I stop and go, holy fuck, I'm on my feet. Holy shit. Edge versus AJ at Mania. Let's go. I hadn't realized at that point that uh, AJ had separated his shoulder. Um, <laughs> and I immediately, um, I immediately thought that Corbin was going to eliminate him because Corbin had just come out. And Scott replies with, yep, get that heat. Now I was convinced it was going to happen. Right, because it seemed like that's something that could have happened. Um, so Edge is out. I'm on my feet. I'm standing. I'm cheering. I'm by my fucking self. Losing my shit. What was that entrance like for you, Nathan? After you, I mean, even after knowing that it happened. Yeah, I unfortunately knew that it happened because the next day, unfortunately, I get all the notifications from like the Rogue Opinions account. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, I had like quite a few tweets and stuff, so I saw it. But then I watched it, and it was still it was still incredible to see because part of me didn't really believe it that after all this time we would see Edge back. So after listening to the Edge and Christian podcast, which wasn't a WWE affiliated podcast, it was just them by themselves with a different podcast company. Uh, he'd always said that. Well, I'm not coming back. Anytime any fan would ask them a question, they would do like the Q and A episodes. He was like, "Well, I'm not coming back, but I'd love to face Alistair Black." So it was kind of cool to see the Alistair Black interaction later on in the Rumble because he'd always said on their podcast that that was the guy. It was either Alistair Black or it was Johnny Gargano. He would always mention those two. So that was kind of cool for me. Johnny kick him in the ding ding. Yeah, Johnny (laughs) kick him in the ding ding. (laughs) That's my favorite thing I've ever heard in a podcast. (laughs) And when they had Alistair Black on the Edge and Christian podcast, Edge was basically like, pretty much gushing over the guy as to how much he would love to face him and to see him look in such incredible shape and just look like this kind of like aging warrior just coming back and just absolutely bullying some people and he looked like the witcher like he had just gone he on really did he looked right? like oh you know, he really did if you let uh Geralt in witcher 3 grow his beard for a bit um, he really looked like him, and he looked he, incredible shape. It's it's still surreal, kind of, to see him back. Like I still don't quite believe it, and I've seen the Raw segment with Randy Orton as well. And even that is fucking surreal. Though. It doesn't it doesn't feel like we're really gonna see him again, and it's weird because it's been so long, and we were told for so long by him specifically that it wasn't happening it still kind of doesn't feel real even though it happened and um but no i loved it i i I always loved edge and it's just it's it's weird it's it's been a really weird year for wrestling weird big show on raw in a main event not long ago we got scott steiner on nwa we got ken shamrock and impact Diamond Dallas Page at a match on AEW, and to top it all off, we suddenly hear "You Think You Know Me" at a Rumble, and it's actually Edge, and he's actually back, and it's been reported 
by numerous sites. He signed a three-year deal. And we got Beth Phoenix in Royal Rumbles fighting through, getting her head split open. What a fucking strange year. Wrestling is just fucking <laughs> great, isn't it? It's, it's, just, it's weird. Shibata's... I don't know. That didn't happen this year, but Shibata's back as well, isn't he? No, he's not like wrestled a match, but he's made appearances. Yeah, he's making appearances again he's after we were near enough told that the guy was done forever. And... It's just weird. Like, you got the Rock and Roll Express as well having matches. Oh, I don't uh, mention they don't ruin that. What is, what is going on? But to top it all off, Jericho's AEW champion. He's got a fucking boat or a <laughs> ship. He's on a boat. <laughs> he's on a boat. I'm on a boat and it's going fast and I got a nautical theme, Pashmina Afghan. Everybody's singing my theme song. And the weirdest thing out of all of it is that Edge is back. I mean, it almost feels like bigger than the Daniel Bryan one. Like, on some level, I always sort of believed that we'd see Daniel Bryan back some way, some way, shape or form. But with Edge, it was always just like, it's never going to fucking happen ever, ever again. And then the second that music hit, I was fucking 15 years old again. I was, I was fucking, I was fucking, I was back to 2005 when, when he was like the biggest fucking deal in the entire company. And uh, Metalingus is a fucking jam. Like, let's, let's be like, I get it. I get it that Scotland won the Royal Rumble. I get it. But nothing (laughs) else, nothing else can end this podcast other than Metalingus. I really hope I hope we finally at Wrestlemania presumably uh, sorry if you've not seen Raw but this is going up on Wednesday so you've had 48 hours and um, I hope we finally at Wrestlemania presumably he's going to face Randy Orton I hope we get that Alter Bridge live entrance oh that'd be fucking fantastic finally i just want to get because he's gonna go in as the good guy he's gonna go in as the quote-unquote baby face finally because he's always said on the podcast he never went into wrestlemania other than the alberto del rio one as the good guy so he never did the alter bridge entrance give us it now edge so I'm all here. I'm all there for the the Randy Orton match because I thought it'll be, I think it'll be I'm great. Sure. I, I but, love Randy. I love Randy Orton. I, but, I know it's that's the Twitter unpopular opinion thing. I think Randy Orton's always great. The the thing is, I part of me there is a part of me that the nostalgic part of me really wanted them to team up one more time before the split, just so we can hear that old mashup theme. Don't have. Scott, fuck off. Fuck, I love that matchup. Mainly because was... part of my light is, a, is Randy Orton's best theme, even though Randy Orton fucking hates it for some reason. Because he's fucking... shit. It's, it's not so bad. He's... <laughs> I can't even picture it in my head now. Um, i trying to think of what it was. It did the, you think no way the drums in there went, oh. hey. You can say mm. no, no. We don't need to have a hell that shitty, shitty boring voices song. Like it's not even your gimmick anymore. That was that made sense when you were no, punching Stephanie in the head. And it, he and heard voices in his head and he just beat up Edge, his mate. Yeah, so his voices telling me to see inappropriate things on Twitch, but they're not helping him. Now. 
Oh, piss off, Scott. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. <laughs> Just blame the voices, Randy. I trust you. You're still nice to me. First of all, let's. I I think that the voices is one of the worst themes in WWE. The, no, the mercy, so the mercy fall one. The mercy fall one is so much better. What? Hey, nothing you can say. Not Mercy's gonna take what you've done to me. It's not Mercy. Come on, it's Mercy, it's mercy Drive, isn't it? Is it, yeah, is it Mercy Drive? The, I thought it was Mercy Fall. I think Mercy Drive. I think they're the same people who did Maven's old theme song. Yeah, banger machines. They are banger machines. But they got two machines. Machine can make two things. Yeah, machines are good. It's like a solar-powered calculator. It can do two things. Oh, when when we why ha- why haven't we got a Maven return at a Rumble to eliminate someone big? Because he's like he doesn't want like, to talk about wrestling anymore. He's no, a he bouncer at a nightclub, isn't he, or something? No, he talks about wrestling, but he works in like finance and shit now. I've heard when he was bouncing, people would come up to him and ask him, "Were you not a wrestler?" And he says, "No." No, but like I, I think that like, <laughs> why would you say no? I guess I, he would drug people to stop him. I don't know. I just think that when in when you're in like the world and all of a sudden, you know, that you just are out there. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, who's doing that? You sound okay. so bad. <laughs> I, I know. Well, it, Chris Jericho got away with it. OK, so. <laughs> anyway, Edge is back. Yeah. Not, not Maven. And Randy Orton wasn't back with his old music. So okay, so let's let's fly through this a little bit. Let's fly through this a little bit, real quick. So Dolph Ziggler, Carl uh, Carl Anderson, and then Edge, and then we get King Corbin, bro, Matt Riddle, Luke Gallows, Randy Orton, and they have the most wholesome interaction. It's fantastic. <laughs> you they catch it on camera where he goes, "Look at you, you're back." <laughs> Do we want to do we want to talk about Matt Riddle being a cock backstage to Brock Lesnar? You're fucking shredded on the WWE Network. You hear Randy Orton point. You see him point. Yeah. point and just stabs <laughs> and just be like, "Oh, they're so nice." <laughs> You're fucking shredded, bro. Yeah, they've left that. They've left this all. Like, I don't know. They put. They maybe they've not had time to edit like the full video because it's like four hours, ten minutes long, and that's a lot of time. But I watched that highlight, uh, highlighted version just before we did this podcast because I just made sure I knew what had gone on. They've left that all in of Randy Orton like, rubbing his belly a bit. Like, you look good, man. <laughs> he, goes, he literally says, you're fucking shredded, bro. He is, to be fair. And um, Matt, So what's Jericho's excuse is all I'm saying. <laughs> it's called oh, a little oh, bit of the bubbly. Then you get Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, Aleister Black, Samoa Joe, and Seth Rollins. That's the 30. Should we, should we, should we talk about before? Because the Seth Rollins thing is genuinely interesting. But Matt Riddle apparently being a cock to Brock Lesnar backstage. I haven't read any of this. I don't know oh, exactly. Not. I, only know, they, um, I only know that they had an interaction. I don't know what Lesnar said to him. I don't know what the interaction actually was. Apparently, Matt Riddle... 
so this is what I've read is that Matt Brock Lesnar didn't really do anything to start off with, but Matt Riddle was making comments about like the stuff that he'd been tagging Brock Lesnar in about retiring him and the he's shit. He's been doing that since he's been on the the Indies. Yeah, let's be and fair. Being, and yeah, but Brock Lesnar's not going to hear about that. So Brock Lesnar's going to find that out on the night. He doesn't give a shit about the Indies, does he? And then like stuff that he'd been saying about Goldberg as well. And then eventually Brock Lesnar took issue with it because he heard about it and said to Matt Riddle, I stop tagging me in this shit. We're never going to work together. And then they had a bit of a back and forth. And then they, and then whatever happened, happened, happened. So um, I think it sounds, sounds like if it's true, it just sounds like Matt Riddle's just being a massive fucking wind up for no reason. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's been trolling Brock for years. It's like, well, yeah, but Brock's not going to hear or give a shit about indie stuff, is he? But he's he had gonna... a t-shirt that said, get high, flip my shoes off, and retire Brock, and that was the only thing that wasn't checked off on the list. Yeah. I guess so. Well, Brock Lesnar's going to pick and choose who he works with, so maybe when you get to WWE, you've got to be a bit more careful because Brock's only going to work with people he likes whereas you could see that in the Rumble he clearly got told oh this Keith Lee guy is a deal and you can make money with him so make him look like a star and Brock's like okay and then Brock what does Brock do he goes and makes him look like a star well yeah and then um Riddle Riddle wasn't even out there when Brock was out there and um like uh, with the, the whole Matt Riddle thing, like if they're never going to work together, they're never going to work together. But like that's only going to give uh, Riddle more fuel. Yeah, but I think it's the thing is Brock's not going to give a shit because he's going to no, go. No, he doesn't money. care. He's not. He's going to go make money with someone else. Like he's going to go make a boatload of money with someone else instead. So and I then he's all fine with his bare hands, which, and then which makes me think to uh, oblivion. Yeah, which makes me think that Matt Riddle maybe just needs to be a... If he wants to work with Brock, if he wants to Brock match, you kind of got to be a bit more careful with how you act. Cause if you're just well, to be fair, like Matt it, Riddle... If, if you Matt Riddle did walk that back. Yeah. yeah but he did walk again. that back in, in an interview at the Performance Center where he said that, like, I doubt Brock knows who I am. It was just something I was doing at the time. Blah, 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 all that shit. Yeah, so I think, like... Maybe just don't act like, like a cock backstage. Yeah, I'm sure. Because also, don't forget, Goldberg, like, if you're going to rip on Goldberg backstage, if it is true, if you're going to rip on Goldberg backstage, Goldberg is legitimately one of Goldberg, um, Brock Lesnar's mates. So don't sit there and rip on his mate and then be like, oh, I want to work with you. <laughs> like... Well, no, I don't think that Riddle <laughs> ever wanted to work him. I think Riddle wants to fight him. I think that yeah, but then, because those guys, those guys are straight up like competitors. They are like UFC mixed martial arts competitors. And you're not going to, there's that, that competitiveness doesn't just go away, you know? But if Goldberg's not backstage at the Royal Rumble, why say that? Why, if it's true, why say those sort of things in front of his, or near his friend? Like where Brock's just going to be like, you're just, if, if Brock doesn't know who you are, if he's just going to sit there and be like, well, I've heard about this Matt Riddle guy. He's clearly a cock. I don't want to work with him. <laughs> like, cause he's not going to work with people he doesn't want to work with, is he? 
Right, right. So if you want the Brock Lesnar matches like Daniel Bryan did when he came out of retirement, he wanted that Brock Lesnar match. So, I don't know. This, maybe this, if it's true, just be a bit careful when it's someone who picks and chooses who they work with. Yeah, for sure. I don't know how we got on this subject. What happened? Did Matt Riddle come out? Oh, Matt Riddle came out and got, <laughs> got eliminated. We talked about Matt Riddle longer than he was in the Rumble. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Who eliminated him? Oh, should Sorry, we talk about eight? Listen, I, don't, I don't care about Matt Riddle. Uh, AJ Styles, hopefully his shoulder's not too bad. He clearly got eliminated on an audible, as you guys pointed out to me earlier. Uh, he hurt his shoulder, and Edge threw him out. Good on Edge. Re- reports are that he separated his shoulder because he flipped uh, during Ouch. the spear. So he may miss WrestleMania. I, I love Edge. I have always loved Edge. His spear is still so weak looking. <laughs> yeah. And when you, it's weird when you then have uh, Roman Reigns. When did Roman Reigns come in? Like 28 or 27? Remember that. And then Roman Reigns comes in and his spear is so much better. <laughs> like, well, I think Roman has had the benefit of not. Having neck fusion surgery, he can properly launch his body at you. Oh come on! It was never good. It oh no, it was good never good. Before, like... It was never good before his before his neck got fucked up. It was always shit. <laughs> it always looked like a hug. <laughs> well, so did Jinder's fucking hug slam thing, but you know some people hey! were behind him. He wasn't in the rumble. Yeah, because he's shit. Good. No, because he's injured. He's because he's shit. No, he wasn't injured because he's shit. He was injured because he was worked too hard. Okay. Oh yeah, main event. Main event really takes it out of a person. Okay. It really hurts carrying people. That's why my voice always goes bad after our podcast. No, your voice always goes because you refuse to stop talking. There's a difference. <laughs> As evidenced by our uh, AEW <laughs> review. Oh, God. We don't need to ever mention that. No one go listen. Oh, to don't that. we? Don't we, motherfucker? <laughs> I aged like five years during that. Podcast. I got, I got text messages during <laughs> that sorry. conversation this about podcast. this motherfucker is on one tonight. This podcast is so much longer than that one. We are borderline over our limit at this point we really oh no we're way we're way over we're way over this is gonna, gonna have to have, be two parts i am gonna have to cut this <laughs> because we have been speaking for a long time but you know, you've been speaking for a long time how have i been speaking so much i do i i listen i ask myself that question every episode nathan <laughs> I don't know what the fuck to tell you. I've been trying to move on for fucking half an hour. I, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. <laughs> That's so untrue for this one. Uh, so Seth Rollins is out there and he comes out there with his buddies, the Architects of Pain or whatever the fuck they call themselves these days, or the Monday Night Messiah and his altar boys. Take that however you want. Um <laughs> And they end up making sure that uh, that Samoa Joe um, and Kevin Owens get eliminated. And we get down to our final five competitors, uh, which is, if I'm remembering this correctly, it's uh, Drew, it's Edge, it's Seth, 
it's Roman, and it's... Randy. Randy, there you go. Thank you. He was on the outside. That's why I keep forgetting. <laughs> it's really that weird that sounded. And also, Autumn was there. <laughs> but it was just Randy, baby. <laughs> baby. Horny. Randy. You having no? a stroke? <laughs> no one remembers Austin Powers. Okay, we'll move on. Fine. Do you do you smell toast? I, I mean, <laughs> I'm constantly smelling toast. Is that a problem? <laughs> I I really like the, the Seth Rollins stuff because like you didn't need to put these guys in the rumble for them to be useful. So it made Seth look like a dick. It was a good choice to have him come out at number thirty and. I liked also it was the guys that he got eliminated that then chased them off, leaving everybody else in the rumble to beat up the one glove wanker that is Seth Rollins. That was cool when he was asking Roman Reigns, oh, just be my friend again. I just thought it was weird when they walked out and just Buddy Murphy was there and he was just pulling down his shorts, like at the front. He just, and I was like, he's going to get his dick out in a second. <laughs> like, he was pulling them down. He distracted so everybody. Fu- yeah. Well, well, he was... I'm glad it's not me that noticed that. Like he just had his hands down the front, he was just pushing them down. I was like, oh shit, this motherfucker's gonna distract Kevin Owens with his dick. <laughs> he was gonna he was gonna give Kevin Owens the old Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah, you know, just slide him up. And they're gonna like, Oh, it's nice, you've turned good. And he was like, No, I've just touched my dick, and then Kevin Owens is <laughs> gonna eliminate himself and be like, Oh, I need to wash my hand. He just jumps over the top rope and runs to the back like, I need soap and water! (laughs) It's sort of really weird, but I just noticed it. He was pushing it down. I was like, what is going on? (laughs) That was weird. Is it weird that I didn't notice that, but I am also not surprised that that's how that went down? It was, Scott, did you notice it? I did notice it, but I just wanted to jump on the idea of... uh... Of William Murphy distracting people that helps the by showing off his dick. It was like he's showing off ringside. He's just at ringside with like I spin my head right round, right round. But no. Like, what? What? So we know the, the answer to the mystery of how I got Alexa Bliss. <laughs> oh, I was thinking that. I didn't want to mention it. <laughs> he's like, this is how I got. We're her. All, we were all wondering it. He's like, oh, it's tiny, just like her. <laughs> Look at how uh, I, I don't know I can't do an Australian no, accent Jimmy Look this, is, long, this is long enough is. We aren't doing this bit <laughs> okay. uh, So Seth asked Roman to be friends After they all got run off Roman was like now nah, fam Scott by the way Because I heard him fucking just fade into a, like, a, like a cloud of laughter just he, is, he is just squeaking But <laughs> Uh, Roman Reigns was like, nah, fam. So he just Superman punched him. And then everyone just... Who threw him out? Someone threw him out. And uh, then Randy was like, oh, no, I'm going to walk here, you Edge. And Edge was like, oh, you were going to walk here, me. And then Randy was like, no, I wasn't. And Edge was like, yeah, you were. So he threw him out. And then it was Edge, Roman Reigns, and Drew McIntyre. Interestingly enough, um, when they ended up on the apron here, I thought that they were just going to have Drew like double claymore kick yeah, that's what I to thought. avoid to yeah. avoid getting the heat on Roman but then they had Roman like eliminate Edge and I was just like oh so they don't give a fuck okay no problem 
And then weird that I was, I thought when I was watching this, now I did, I didn't know who won before I watched this match. So that's fair for me. um, Just so everyone knows. But when Roman eliminated Edge, I instantly thought, okay, this makes sense. Because no one is going to remember in about three weeks who eliminated Edge. And then I watched the angle with Randy Orton and Edge on Raw. And I was like, okay, so no one is ever going to mention the fact that Roman Reigns eliminated Edge ever again. And I think that that was like, that, that's and something that, that like matters dope. there. Yeah, that, I think that that really like they were able to do that and also make people forget about it. But at the time when I was watching it, I was just like, oh, so if if Drew does it here, Drew's not going to get any heat for eliminating Edge because both of them were fighting on the apron because people were booing the second the second yeah. they were both on the apron together. And then they just had Roman like toss him off, which I know is different in the UK. <laughs> you know, phrasing. Um, that costs um, a lot of money in Glasgow. Does it? Because <laughs> I don't know on Craigslist it's it's pretty cheap. Um, it's sweet. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. So they had him like eliminate Edge, and I thought that that was going to be like not the outcome because I know that they're trying to build Roman back up, and they've done a very good job of trying to build Roman back up. Um, but that's not what happened. Roman re-enters the ring. Uh, they go back and forth for a little bit. And then Drew McIntyre, I'm sorry, the country of Scotland wins the Royal Rumble. <laughs> I think it was really cleverly done because I don't, I actually kind of disagree partly with what you said, which might not be the point you were trying to make. So correct me in a second. I don't think you could have had Drew eliminate Edge if you wanted Drew to win the Rumble. I think it was smart to have a very, the most over, one of the most over stars in the company in Roman Reigns, which people don't like to admit, but he is eliminate Edge because you don't need Edge to win the Rumble, but you want Drew to win the Rumble. So don't have Drew eliminate Edge. Because you also want him to be cheered because you're about to pit him against Brock Lesnar. So Roman Reigns can take it as long as he doesn't win the Rumble because no one's ever going to mention it again because of what you're about to do on Raw. No one no one will ever mention that Roman Reigns eliminated Edge ever again unless they're purposely trying to remember it. So I think you've got a big star eliminating the returning legend and then you've got Drew McIntyre eliminating a legitimate star in Roman Reigns. And he's also eliminated Brock Lesnar, which is the one that people are going to remember. I think it was brilliantly done. I don't think they no, could have got I don't think they could have got Drew I McIntyre it, over any more than they did. I think in retrospect, uh it it I, I totally agree with you in retrospect. I was just taking you through my thought process at the time. Yeah, I think they it's were fairer. on the apron. I think it's fairer at the time, but I think a couple of days removed, which is when we're recording this, I don't think people... I think especially after Raw, which if you haven't watched Raw, 
uh, Edge gave his in the main. It was it the main event segment. It was the last. Yeah, it was, segment the, it was show, the main event it? segment. Yeah, he gave his return speech. Randy Orton came out, said about reuniting Rated RKO. Uh, they had a bit of a moment, a bit of a kiss and a cuddle, and then <laughs> then Randy Orton, <laughs> then Randy Orton RKO's Edge, and then hits the old style concerto. Yes, the actual concerto, not a feigned in PG version. Edge is laying down on a steel chair, flat steel chair, and an actual chair shot to the head on WWE TV. And then he goes to put a chair over his head. He goes up to the second turnbuckle. They cut to this one woman in the crowd who looks like she's about to cry and vomit at the same time, there was which is screams. fucking fantastic. Was it was fucking fantastic. Legitimate gasps from the crowd. Like, People were horrified. <laughs> That's what so a Bubba, uh, Bubba Ray, du- Bully Ray, or Bubba Ray Dudley, or whatever. He said that on his Twitter. He was like, "This, that's what made this so successful is that you had legitimate screams, legitimate like yelps of horror from the audience." And Randy Orton's the best fucking heel in the company, easily. Always has been. Always will be. Easily. Scott. Scott. Mm-hmm. You got to give us some of your your perspective here. Uh, I feel like we haven't heard from you in a little while, so like, yeah. let us know. Well, first, first, I'm gonna first give my thoughts on like the final few, and then if you'll allow me, I, w- I have some thoughts on the winner here, <laughs> as you'd expect. Well, oh, do you? Yeah. As it get as it got down even to the final few, I was still convinced Roman Reigns was winning because Drew had already eliminated Brock, so I think that already secured his spot at Mania. And Eric, I can see why they didn't have Roman win because if Roman is going to face the Fiend, he he doesn't really actually need the Rumble when he set that up because he already won the Rumble. But I was convinced that the way it was going to go was the final few would be Sith eliminates Drew and or Edge to get that major boo, like heat from the crowd, and then Roman eliminating him would get that pop so people wouldn't hate the fact that Roman has won. But then when it got down to the final two and in Roman eliminated Edge, I realised, well, Drew has to win here because nobody's going to cheer Roman after he eliminated Edge. And, like, up until the final, final claim, I was on the edge of the like, come on. And then he hit it. And then the, you can imagine the reaction in the room. I was there with all my friends, like, watching this happen. Now, this is going back a bit. I got after a couple of years break. I got back into wrestling at the end of two thousand and nine, and on one of the first SmackDowns I watched when I started watching wrestling again, I saw a, a guy called Drew McIntyre, who had apparently just debuted a couple of months earlier. Shortly after that, one won the IC title, and he was being bigged up as the chosen one. And for me, it was weird because I'd never seen a Scottish wrestler on WWE TV. I'd heard about Roddy Piper, but then I heard, oh, he's apparently not Scottish. So he was one of the first actual Scottish people I've seen on wrestling on WWE and then he got fired. He went to ICW. He made like he really helped ICW take off. He made their title a world title. I got to see one of his last ICW shows, which was the first time they ran the Hydro, and I think he's a big part of that. He then came back to I think for since he came back everybody's been waiting for that moment where the triggers finally pulled in the potential that was talked about with Drew before his finally realising WWE. 
And this was that moment, and I couldn't have been happier. And as I said on Twitter, and so many other people have said, Drew truly is the chosen one. We just didn't realise how long it would take to um, finally like be the chosen one. If I if I may a- ask you guys both of you a question real quick, I'm I, I'm obviously you know I'm an American, so like I wasn't there for a lot. I, I saw some of the Drew Galloway stuff, like in WCBW, ICW, the, all that stuff, Progress, and uh, wherever else he was at the time. But like a lot of people consider Drew Galloway the like the father of what became the British wrestling revolution in. 2015 2016 2017 do you guys think that that's an accurate portrayal of who he was at the time or is that something that was sort of more blown up now that he's back in wwe uh scott i'll let you go first on that question i think he has a lot to do with with icw because like when he came back in 2014 it was the first place he went to after he signed and then they announced after that show that a few months later at their Fear and London show that was going to take place at the Barrowlands in Glasgow, which is over 2,000 people, I think, for that venue is the max. And it was the first time ICW had run that show. It was considered like a big venue for them at the time. They announced one match. It was Drew versus Jack Jester for the work, for the title. They announced one match, and the venue sold out with just one match announced. So I think the fact that Drew had that name really helped. ICW because from there they went to the SECC and then the Hydro. So for, for ICW in particular, I think he's a big part of that. I think the the scene was already starting to get properly recognised because ICW was was starting to get documentaries about them made on BBC and in the second one they document Drew's comeback. So it was already getting attention. He just was one of the people to help elevate it just that bit more. So he, as I said, he had his part. Yeah. I agree with that. I think he he definitely played he played his part. He said he went straight to ICW after kind of his release from WWE to kind of start to build himself up again after what he self admits wasn't the most focused end to his WWE career. Uh, I think a, the British wrestling scene was definitely beginning its boom with or without him. I think he kind of became the face of it because of kind of his persona. I think a big one, and Scott, you'll be able to help me out with it, the one he had with Grado. Oh, yeah, I was. Uh, which was which was a that was a big sellout, wasn't it? Like seven thousand people. No, I think it was like four, four maybe five thousand at the SEC, okay. and then yeah, the next year at the Hydro was six thousand. So yeah, but MV Grado, like the in Scotland um, yeah. especially, but maybe in the UK too, the biggest stars in the UK at that time. And a five thousand like first five thousand people that was a big sign of how far the scene had come. Yeah, because I are. I I distinctly remember the WCPW match with Will Osprey and Drew Galloway uh-huh. that was one of my favorite matches of all time. Let alone uh, one of uh, like it made me really go into British wrestling deep uh, at the time. And so like like I said, a lot of people. They, they like to uh, talk about Drew Galloway, Drew McIntyre, as like one of the forefathers of this boom in British professional wrestling. But would like so. So what I'm really asking is, like, is that really like accurate? I think the boom in British wrestling that we had kind of a year or two ago, and it definitely it's an entirely 
different subject and a different podcast. I think it has lessened in the last year or two, but I think it probably would have happened with or without Drew Galloway, as mm. horrible as that sounds. And I think a big part of that is and it kind of he almost goes unsung which is weird to say because he's probably literally the best wrestler on the planet right now i think will osprey arguably has more of an impact on it than drew galloway on the independent side of things uh scott i don't know what you think about that just as a quick hot take i think i think with me maybe slightly more by being too i think yeah depending on wherever you were in the uk like Depending on places in the UK, they had the people who were helping that particular thing. Like, when you come to the talk about the UK, you've got likes of British Strong Cell, or their role is really bigged up. Osprey, Zack Sabre Jr. Whereas here, even without Drew, you had like the Gradle, you had the guys who are now all in the ex UK, like Gallus and like Kaylee Ray. You had like Jordan Devlin, basically like, carrying OTT in Ireland. I, I think Rampage Brown as well. Yeah, he's an unsung. He goes, he goes a bit unsung because he had to retire for a wee bit. Yeah, he's, he's, got, he, he's got his wrestling school up in Newcastle, in Newcastle as well, which you guys should go check out if you want to check it out. And um, But I think it probably would have happened with or without Drew Galloway, but I th- I'm obviously glad Drew Galloway was there because mm-hmm. he definitely helped with his name value. And I'm not diminishing what he did whilst he was on the independent scene either. Like, to be fair, whatever you think of his role, though, I think if someone in the company, like, I know everybody talked about Bulldog back in his day, and he never got to the, the, the main level where he could be the top champion, but I think if anybody is finally going to be the first UK-born, not just Scottish born, but first UK-born WWE champion, I think there are few people better than Drew to be that guy. I think he's probably the best. The absolute, no, mm-hmm. not disrespecting Bulldog's skill set, but I think Drew Galloway is, uh, or Drew McIntyre, sorry, uh, is the best equipped to do that 100%. So I'm super happy, super uh-huh. happy he won. I was ecstatic when he won. And uh, I think it's fantastic. I think it's the best chance we've got for a UK WWE world champion. And as as the pay-per-view fades out, like we, we talked about the look in Edge's eyes as he was coming out. The look in Drew's eyes as he's gone on to explain that he immediately thought of his wife and he thought of uh, you know, he, his friends and his family who all reached out to him immediately afterward. Um, he's pointing at the WrestleMania sign and there's a bunch of pyro. We fade to black. Drew Galloway is now going on to wrestle... Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. It is a huge, huge night for British wrestling. It's a huge night for WWE. It's uh, possibly the start of an upswing because we're on the road to WrestleMania, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, if you've joined us through this entire debacle, uh, we thank you. (laughs) Um, So why don't we go through quickly the plugs and we'll, um, we'll we'll maybe branch into British wrestling and a bunch of other uh, topics on a future podcast. But for now, let's get the plugs and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Come on, Scott, you go first. All right. Uh, you can find me at Scott McLeod, 1986. You can find my other podcast, Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast, at ASP Rambling. My co-host, Paul, is probably a bigger Drew fan than I am. So we'll be talking about this a lot, this result, 
and uh, we even did a few months back. We did a Drew McIntyre career retrospective, so that's looking re- that's looking really good in hindsight. <laughs> and speaking of, of British wrestling, ICW ICW Square Goal at the time recording is this Sunday, so two rumbles within this week. I'm going to be there. If any, I don't know how many Scottish listeners are there, but hopefully, if you're Scottish, you you're going there as well. <laughs> That'd be good. Uh, as always, you can find Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore Opinions on the Instagram and the Twitter. Uh, check back through the archives we've reviewed. We're coming up very quickly uh, to to heading towards kind of our year mm-hmm. of reviewing these absolute beautiful network specials. But check back through the archive. You got all the football podcasts with Reese, Carl, and Rahul. All kind of the wrestling podcasts that we've done throughout coming up to a year. You got Kayfabe Court and things like that. As always, you got the wonderful world of the Naked Men podcast every <laughs> Friday or Saturday, and uh, yeah, all the nonsense through that. But and you can find me at Nathan Greenaway. Back to you, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, as always, you can find me at Mr. Riot on Twitter. That's M R R I zero T. Because the whole thing. Um, but also, <laughs> what's what's more important to me right now, uh, if you're in the uh, Inside the Ropes community or you're in the Cultaholic community or you follow me on Facebook or Twitter, you found out that we're doing some really fun things over at uh, YouTube.com slash Pro Wrestling Magic. We just did our very first YouTube special. It runs about an hour and 20 minutes. It's called The Roaring Twenties. It's our first foray into special episodes of our long-running series at this point monday morning magic we're very proud of it and we really hope everyone goes out there and checks it out um it's called the roaring 20s on pro wrestling magic's uh youtube page follow us on facebook as well um and on twitter at wrestling magic um thank you guys so much for joining us here tonight we know this has been a long one but uh royal rumble sort of deserved it uh along with all of the incredible banter that i'm sure is going to get cut out uh because we only can have podcasts of a certain length so um thank you ladies and gentlemen for scott and for nathan i'm jim join us again real soon have a good night bye